my favorite is still why is there baby eating in the bible okay i have to look that up <laughs> i do not recall a story of baby eating I don't know. Welcome to the Enter the Bible podcast, where you can get answers or at least reflections on everything you wanted to know about the Bible, but were afraid to ask. I'm Katie Langston. And I'm Catherine Schifferdecker. And today on the podcast, we're doing the first in a four-part series on Bible basics. And the question we're tackling today is, what is the Bible? All right. That's a good question. Yeah. So we can do very basic first. Right? Yeah. The the Bible is a collection of books. Uh, you might say a library. Mm-hmm. Right. Rather, it, it is obviously one book. I have a Harper Collins study Bible yes. here. Very beautiful. Yes. Well uh, worn. A little worn. Yes. But it's a collection of of books. So there are twenty seven books mm-hmm. in the New Testament and thirty nine in the Old Testament. Okay. Though there's different ways of counting it. So like there's two books called First and Second Kings or First and Second Samuel. So some people count those. They were originally one book, right? The Book oh, of they Kings were? or the Book of Samuel. I yes. didn't know that. Yeah, so cool. the Jewish way of counting is that those are... Those are one book. One book. Not two. The Book of Kings, the Book of Samuel. They break them up sort of like a sequel, like, you know, like Star Wars Part 1, A New Hope, you know, yeah. Empire Strikes Back yeah. sort of thing yeah. just to make it a little more palatable. That's right. Okay. Something like that. Right. Or just because they're so long, they break them up. Sure. Yeah. Sure. So the Old Testament, there's different names for that collection of books. So Christians traditionally have called it the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. Jews call it the Tanakh. Mm -hmm. Biblical scholars call it the Hebrew Bible. Mm -hmm. So uh, this collection, it's the same books in somewhat different order in the Jewish ordering and in the Christian ordering. But they are the collection of books of the people of Israel. Okay. So ancient Israel um, and then uh, the Jewish people mm-hmm. uh, after the Babylonian exile. So these, these are the collection of books that Christians and Jews hold in common. Okay. Right? And originally written in Hebrew. Right. And some Aramaic, which is a close cousin of Hebrew. Okay. Right? Uh, the New Testament is uh, the Christian collection of books that was written after the time of Jesus or after Jesus was here on earth. And those two collections of books are related to one another. So uh, Christians claim both Old Testament and New Testament as uh, scripture. Uh, Jews have the Tanakh. And I should say Tanakh, stand, it's an acronym that stands for Torah, which means teaching or law, uh, Nevi'im, which means prophets, and Ketuvim, which means writings. So the Torah is the first five books, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. The prophets are all of the books that Christians we talk about as prophets, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, you know, those books, plus uh, books like First and Second Samuel and First and Second Kings, okay. which have prophets in them. Right. Plus Joshua and Judges. Yep. And uh, the writings are kind of a catch-all category for books like uh, the Psalms, the uh, Lamentations, Proverbs, Esther, Job, mm-hmm. wisdom books uh, like Proverbs. And so whatever you call it, it's this collection of books that has been normative has been efficacious mm. for people of faith for millennia yeah. really yeah for hundreds for thousands of years yeah. yeah so why why do christians call it the old testament versus you know jews calling it just the tanakh 
Well, and why do scholars call it the Hebrew Bible? I'm curious. Okay, so scholars call it the Hebrew Bible because the thought is that calling it old, calling anything old, is derogatory. Oh, right? I see. Okay, like Old Testament means it's no longer relevant. We have the new. Ah, uh, right, right. You don't want the old iPhone. You want the new one. It's true because yes. the batteries don't die as fast. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so Hebrew Bible is used to not be. Nice. Have any value judgment. Got it. Okay. Yeah. I tend to still call it Old Testament. Uh, I'm an Old Testament scholar because yeah. I think it's just honest. Yeah. Because I don't, I, 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 I can't read these texts without understanding them through a Christian lens. Sure. But I don't, I don't consider old a derogatory term. Yeah. In that sense. Right. Uh, some people, I should say, a, a few people call it the First Testament. Oh, that's interesting. Which might be, a, it's kind of an interesting choice. Yeah, yeah that's nice. Because first would imply some some primacy. Yeah, right, for and that. some foundational kind yeah. of. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. So that's kind of a nice, but that hasn't really caught on, or okay. at least I haven't heard that very much. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's, it is making a theological claim, right, to call it the Old Testament, to, to, to sort of have this distinction between Old Testament and New Testament is kind of to say they're both together, right? And that God did a new thing in Jesus, right. building upon the foundation of the promises God made in the old, quote unquote, Testament. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't, I, I want to make the claim that you cannot understand the New Testament fully without mm. knowing the Old Testament. Yeah, absolutely. Right. The New Testament talks about the New Jerusalem Yeah. Right? in the last book, the book of Revelation. But how do you know the significance of the new Jerusalem if you don't know the significance of the old Jerusalem? Right. Right. Revelation talks about the new creation. How can you understand that without understanding or knowing the story of creation in Genesis? Yeah. So there's just, there's so many ties, so many links, so many allusions uh, and quotations of the Old Testament in the new that you, you really need both. Yeah. For the full witness to God. So we had talked about metaphors before we started taping. Yeah. So we ta- I, I mentioned the metaphor of the library, right? So a collection of books, right? right? But we, we also um, had talked about the metaphor of a, uh, or the analogy of a newspaper. Sure. So the Bible is like, so you're saying the Bible at first is a, is a library and that it has all these different books in it. And I mean, just to clarify, like all these books didn't just plop out of the sky one day. Right? right, they were written right. over a period of time, and right. they have different right. literary genres yep. contained within them. There's, you know, prophecy, like you were saying. There's poetry. There's satire. There are, you know, origin, you know, stories and and um, letters, letters and history and legal yeah. material. Yeah, yep. Lots so of all ki- all kinds of different genres. Which I don't know. I feel like sometimes, at least, the folks that I meet and interact with feel as if all the Bible is the same thing and that, you know, everything in it uh, has to be taken super literally Mm -hmm. to have happened, let's say, historically, even if the book itself was written as a fable or as a satire or Or as a parable as a parable. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So. It seems important to, to to know that. It seems important to know that yeah. you're not just, yeah. it's it's actually, I mean, it is one book in the sense that it's all bound together in a right. single, you know, binding. Right. But but it's it's a lot of different books that have been chosen and yeah. kind of come together as 
as this thing that we call the Bible. Yeah, which is where that that kind of analogy of a newspaper, I think, is helpful yeah. because you don't read the com. So when the newspaper comes to our house, we read the comics first. Right? Of that's, course. That's the first thing. Most important part. And then the front page. Right. Right? <laughs> Uh, and then, you know, I'd never read the sports section, but my husband might. So you don't read the comic pages the same as you read, in the same way as you read the front page. Right. right? And you don't read the op-ed section. Right. In the same way that you read the front page. Or well, the at least section. you shouldn't, although people you should do. do. That is true. And that's a big problem in our society, but that that's a true. different podcast. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Yeah. So, so in the same way as you would... You were talking about genre, right? There, yeah. are, there. You, you should read the books of the Bible in the way they want to be read, mm. right? So there are different genres, as we were talking about, uh, and there can be real theological issues when you read a particular book in a way that it's not meant to be read. Yeah, but we 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 have another question. We're going yeah, to talk we'll get about, into about that how, a little bit how more, to read but, the Bible, yeah. but we can tease that just a little bit here and just sort of put a pin in that and say in a future episode we'll we'll dig into that a little bit more. But yeah. it's a good point. It's an important yeah. point. I yeah, think. yeah, yeah. And then I th- I think the third metaphor we had talked about is the Bible as a conversation. Yeah, I think that's my favorite one. Okay, actually. yeah. Okay, why is that? Well, because the Bible. So the just to take the Old Testament, which is my specialty, uh, it was written down and edited and compiled over the course of probably something like 800 years. Wow. You know, long, long period of time. Yeah. Right? Much longer, much older than the United States is, right? Sure. And there are different voices Mm. in that collection. Just, you know, not even talking about the New Testament, just within the Old Testament itself. There are different voices, and they sometimes agree with one another, and they sometimes butt heads, and they sometimes... uh, quote one another yeah and it's and it's this conversation that's really rich and then so just for one example uh job is one of my favorite books Mm -hmm. in the old testament i've spent a lot of time thinking and writing about job yeah job is in conversation with books like proverbs okay so they're both considered wisdom literature and that's another topic but proverbs says if you do the right thing you're going to be prosperous right right uh, and maybe not rich, but you'll have a good life. Sure. Right? And that's, I, I know, an overly simplistic way of talking about Proverbs. But if you read it just at face value, you do the right thing, you'll be blessed. And Job comes along and says, really? Have you lived <laughs> in this world? Right. Right? Yeah. Because we all know people who are really good people. Right. Or children who haven't done anything, right. who suffer terribly. I mean... There are stories that break our hearts every day. Yeah. And so the book of Job is in conversation with Proverbs mm. or a book in conversation with a book like Deuteronomy too, which which has the same kind of bent. Mm. Uh, and the author or authors of Job say, really? Mm. <laughs> so what do we do when a really righteous, faithful person suffers terribly? Mm. How do we talk about God in that situation? Mm. So that's one example of this conversation. That so happens. they're almost—it's almost like you're saying, like in some ways, at times they're arguing with each other. Oh yeah, oh, they're totally. saying like, yeah. no, 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 no. Yeah, <laughs> proverbs. No, yeah. look, look at look at Job. Look at look at people who who suffer, who you know, who didn't do anything wrong, right. and and so that kind of feels scary, though. Can feel scary. I think sometimes for people who feel as if, 
or are told as if like all the Bible has to agree with itself mm. and there can't be any contradiction or anything in the Bible. But what you're saying is that it's faithful to acknowledge yeah. those differences and it's actually yeah. okay to step into the conversation yeah. ourselves. Yeah. And I think, I think Jews are much better at this and historically have been much better at this than Christians. Right. Yeah. If you've ever read any rabbinic writings. Yeah. So, and by rabbinic, I mean written by rabbis, uh-huh. uh, both uh, in the in the centuries before Christ and after Christ. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of these, most of these are compiled in, in a collection called the Talmud. Oh yeah, I've heard of that. That is, and that's another topic too. Sure, but, right. <laughs> uh, right, this collection of writings by rabbis. They argue, right? Like mm. Rabbi Yehuda says this, but no, Rabbi Gamaliel, you know, responds, no, that's not right. Yeah. And they don't necessarily resolve the argument. Hmm. They're, they're in conversation with one hmm. another. But the, but the wonderful thing is they stay in that conversation, yeah. right? There's a common commitment to certain core beliefs that God is faithful, right? that God is merciful, that God desires justice, hmm. and many other things that, uh, you know, that, that God created the world sure. uh, in a, and, and it's a good creation, yeah. right? That, that bodies matter, that soil matters. Yeah. That, people matter. Sure. Right? Yeah. But within those bounds or, or kind of still centered on that core, there can be disagreement. Mm. But I, I should, it's not all conflict or disagreement, right? Sure, I mean, there sure. are certainly Isaiah, the New Testament, Isaiah, the book of Isaiah is actually called the fifth gospel huh. because it is so full of proclamations of God's mercy and grace and comfort uh, that it, and, and, and so many prophecies of Christians have understood from earliest times prophecies of Jesus, the Messiah. Yeah, uh, that it's that it's it's beautiful. It's a beautiful book to read in partnership with the New Testament. Yeah. So there's not just disagreement. Right? Yeah. there's also many common themes and narrative arcs that we can see. And I think we're going to talk about that as well in another podcast. Sort of like the broad, the broad sort of narrative arc of the right. of the Bible. Right, right. Uh, but within it, there is this give and take. Yes, And you don't have to, what I'm hearing you say is you don't have to think of it exclusively as being adversarial, right? There are, there are disagreements and arguments. um, And also there are people building, right? Different writers building upon the insights of another. Yes. For example. Exactly. The gospel writers seeing in Isaiah the building blocks for understanding the messiahship of Jesus. Right. And interpreting that now in light of what God is doing now. And it's almost as if you could take that a step further and say, therefore, you know, when and, and when we read the text, when we approach yes. the Bible, mm-hmm. we're also invited into that conversation. Exactly. And it's a two-way conversation or like a, a billion-way conversation yeah. when you think about all the people who have read and interpreted and been inspired by and challenged by and angry with and yep. on yep. and yep. on, yep. heartbroken by whatever, these yeah. texts over the years, yeah. that we're entering into that same conversation that the Bible itself models within itself. And that part of that is what makes it holy. That the holiness is accessed, yes, in the text, but then also in our interaction and engagement with the text, with each other and in community. Yeah, exactly. That's beautifully put. That conversation doesn't end on the last page of the Bible in the book of Revelation. It continues. And, you know, with every generation, it continues. So we have people like St. Augustine Mm -hmm. or Luther or St. Teresa of Avila or, you know, the, the communion of saints through the centuries, through the millennia 
who and and including Jewish uh, authors and believers and and uh, commentators in conversation with these texts, so that we join in this long line of the saints who have been wrestling with these texts or comforted by these texts, and you know both at the same time. When I teach Bible, when I teach my students, I say we need to include also not just those who are dead, right, but those from around the globe who are engaging with these texts. So we need to read in community, the Hmm. community of the saints now in, you know, whatever community we're in, the community of saints across the globe and the community of saints across time to participate in this conversation. Because if, if we mean anything by the term scripture, I think at least one thing we mean is that we believe somehow in these texts the Holy Spirit has been at work from the beginning uh, to make it a living word, to Mm. make these books, this library, this conversation a living word that continues to address us in judgment and in mercy and continues to tell us the story about who we are as God's children in this world. And who God is. Yes. That that such a God would would want to claim us as God's children. Exactly. Hmm. All right. So the Bible, it's a library. Yeah. It's a newspaper. It's a conversation. And you, gentle listeners, are invited into that conversation along with all of us. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the Enter the Bible podcast. And you can get high quality courses, commentaries, resources, videos, reflections, and much more at the newly relaunched Enter the Bible website at enterthebible.org. Thanks for joining us.